Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete here, and I'm doing another solo episode. It turned out so well, I'm doing it again. And this is going to be a little different take on the errata. Uh, I'm sure if you listen to any podcast about Malifaux, every time there's an errata or a gaining grounds or something new, they always report about it. Uh, but I try to do it a little different because... Otherwise, why would you listen to the same podcast three times, four times, whatever? So the way I'm going to run this is I'll go briefly kind of through the changes uh, just because I, I probably do have some loyal people who they only listen to my voice because it's sexy. I don't know. Is that the right right thing? But uh, basically, I want to run through it. And then once I go through the main ones that I care about, because some of them I don't I don't care about. Then I'll kind of go through as a player, and I'm a player that does go to tournaments. I'm a person that plays somewhat competitively. So I'll kind of explain my thought process when I view uh, these types of uh, erratas. And I'm not going to go through the general rules erratas because, you know, bump that. Don't want to go through it. That's too technical for me. Don't care. Somebody else can explain that to me. <laughs> but uh, make sure that you... Check us out before we get recording. You can do that on, uh, let's see here. You can do that on Twitter. Uh, that's kind of about it besides the Discord. Uh, Twitter and Discord are the two main ways that I stay in contact. I think we had somebody, we have an old Facebook. What's that? Like one of those Facebook pages that you could make for the podcast we did a while ago. And I think somebody actually just messaged that the other day. They were, they were complaining about the, uh, how do you fix Malifaux episode that I did? And, you know, they, they were a little upset cause I said some positive things about age of Sigmar and they don't want Malifaux to be age of Sigmar, which I agree. I was just kind of saying, how can we take some of that to try and increase our new player base? Right. So, but if you want to complain, that's not the place to do it because most of the time I, I don't have access to it cause I don't do Facebook. And then uh, my buddy, Chris, never checks it. He just randomly checked it the other day. So if you really want to get in touch, Discord or Twitter, two best places to do it. And then finally, if you want to support us directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash ragequitwire. You can do that for as little as a dollar and you can get the cool, uh, be in the chat with us while we're live recording. And honestly, that's the best thing about this because as people respond to something that I say, maybe they correct something that I said, Maybe they want to ask a question. Maybe they want to say something that has happened to them. We bring that up in the episodes. You probably noticed that in the last three. So that's a patron benefit. Uh, we get a few seats, probably about five seats that patrons can come in and chat while we're live recording. It's definitely more entertaining when we have when you have a few of us on here. But actually, I kind of like it when it's me doing it solo because then if somebody has a 
question or comment, it's more of a dialogue back and forth. Someone for me to bounce off of while the episode's going. Just kind of, yeah, become a patron. You can do it for as little as a dollar. It's fun. The November errata ended up coming out a little bit ago. And there's some interesting things in there. Uh, and I just want people to kind of keep or keep in the back of your mind when you're looking at this kind of thing, when I'm looking at it. So I'm looking at it from things that I see in tournaments, things that I think are maybe were too strong in tournaments, and then the factions that I play. So I'm mostly Bayou. I play Outcasts. I have played Guild before. So that's kind of the lens that I'm looking at this through. That doesn't mean that I'm going to have the best knowledge about why they did this or, you know, what, what the problem was. And you're, you're going to see me definitely talk about that here in a minute. Just kind of keep in mind when we're looking at it today on this episode, that's definitely something that, uh, that you got to keep in mind. I, I just want to kind of briefly, I'll run through them. And then I'll say when I'm analyzing the whole rata, what kind of the deal is. Now, first thing I do want to say is after this errata, I actually think, and now keep in mind, this is just the uh, Malifaux burn stuff, as far as I'm concerned. The Malifaux madness crap hasn't been touched, so we can't say that's balanced or unbalanced. It hasn't been in the wild yet for that much. I mean, the book just came out. I will say, though, with the uh, Malifaux burns book, this errata, I think, makes it where Malifaux burns is pretty balanced as far as most of the titles and most of the models. I feel like we're about to be in a pretty good spot, but the problem, like I just said, is we do have the madness of Malifaux stuff that I don't know what's busted yet. I don't know what's good yet, but something, you know, there's always something in a new release that's too strong and it's going to take tournaments. It's going to take play. It's going to play people on Vassal to figure out what's busted and what's not. Right. But I think as far as everything else goes with all the cards that we have, all the titles, and I think most of the boxes are released now that um, the Maw box and everything else has, has been in stores. I, th I think we're pretty balanced with with a couple exceptions. I do think, I don't know how Perdita missed the nerf bat again. Somehow that keyword is still untouched. Um, and it's not the keyword, it's just Perdita, the title. She is so good. Nick Westbrook in the chat can attest that she does some busted things. And there's also not only her, but I also think the, uh, what is it, the Guild Mage, that could probably use a tweak too, just because how good that is. And I'll bring up the Guild Mage again here in a minute, because it's important. If you don't know what the Guild Mage does, every time you discard within six of it, I think, uh, you get to essentially heal somebody. So pretty good. But Perdita dodged. She dodged it again. She's, she's good. Uh, some people think Sonya too uh, is really good and maybe deserved some looking at. Um, some people complained about Dashel. I mean, honestly, if you're a guild player, I think you're pretty happy the way things shook out for this. I think this is going to be the last nerf we're going to see for a lot of the titles. Um, just because I think a lot of it is in a pretty good spot. Yeah. So let's kind of look at it real quick. All right. We got, uh, got another patron in here. Appreciate you guys hopping on, especially with the holidays coming up. I know some of y'all are snowed in, so it's definitely good to have you. We're just getting started with this. Look at Arcanist. The only thing they had touched was Mei Fang. And I think, honestly, that's just because there was a lot of stuff that just was a little too good with her, especially in combo with Hoffman, which we'll see here in a minute. 
Um, and honestly, I played against her today. I actually played uh, Jim. He was playing Mayfang 2, and I was playing Von Schill 2. And honestly, I played against her. She's still really good, even with these changes. Um, heated iron, still good, but now it's an aura, so you have to see kind of you know where it's landing and stuff. Um, things can block line of sight to it. And honestly, the rest of it's just some TNs kind of being increased. Uh, the the gammon being, uh, or whatever it is, the little metal gammon. Now you need three markers instead of two to uh, summon those. But honestly, that's not hard either. So it's it's she's still good. And I played against her, still felt fun. Didn't seem too oppressive. I, I don't, I think that was fine. I think this is a good example kind of how you can tweak a model without, uh, without breaking it to the point, or I shouldn't say breaking it, but smashing it to pieces where you can't play it anymore. So I thought that was a good one. I'm not going to go to Bayou yet because I'm going to complain a lot about Bayou. Surprise, spoiler. The Explorer Society changes. So they changed Maxine too, and they changed Nexus too. And I think they did that mostly just because of the efficiency of Nexus was just crazy. The amount of actions that you got, not only with the next kids, because you have three of them, they're masters. Then you had the totems. So for free, before you even hired anything, you had nine regular actions and four actions. If you're just doing schemes, not even just killing stuff, that's great. Uh, and then people were bringing the stupid botanists and those were really good. So a lot of crazy stuff going on with Nexus, one of many. And the cool thing that they did with this is they made it where actually you have to hire the totems. They're not totems anymore. The shambling nests are essentially a model that you can hire out a keyword, which is fine. I mean, that's what the Vicks have to do. Is there anybody else that has to hire their totem? Hire a totem, if you will. I don't think so. But yeah, the Vicks have to do it. So it's not something that's unheard of. They basically adjusted some TNs. Reduce the health from seven to six. That's kind of big. That gets closer to kind of one shot range. If somebody hits you with a big shot and you black joker the damage mitigation or you flip them in when you try to stone damage, that could be bad. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff with next kids, but I'm not going to go into it. Main thing is they took care of some of the AP problems that you're seeing. Maxine, she got reworked. Basically, people were having an unfun experience with the Haka guy. Basically, he created a negative willpower, you know, aura, and you would just smash stuff and they'd be at negatives against all your attacks with Maxine. So a lot of the things that you're starting to see now is that they basically made it where it's her attacks are against move and not willpower, which is fine. They also took care of some of the healing just shenanigans, uh, breach burns once per activation. So now you can't do like the crap burst healing that you would see with her sometimes. So definitely different. I, I wouldn't say it's obviously a nerf, but I think I'm interested to see how people will play Maxine 2 now that it's it's a little different. It's And I think with a couple of models I'm going to talk about, you'll see what I mean by different and how it's kind of exciting for for that change to happen. So I'm okay with that, but Man, I mean, what are the good masters that you still have with Explorer Society? That's kind of my question because I feel like you saw those two masters a lot. Uh, you see Jedza 2 kind of mixed in as a second master. I mean, do you start 
seeing more of Cooper too now. Um, who else are you going to see? Ivan? Is Ivan still good? <laughs> I've been to a few tournaments since they got hit pretty hard. And I don't know. You don't see a lot at, uh, as much Explorers as you used to. And Next Kids and Maxine were kind of holding it up. So I'm definitely curious to see what you Explorers folks are going to do because who's your Power Masters now? I don't even know. Don't even know. So excited to see where that goes. Explorers are going to be interesting to see how they shake that out. And I think that's the fun part about Errata's is you get to see, okay, they took this toy away or they changed it a little bit. How are the players going to react? That's always the most fun part about Errata's is just seeing like, okay, because, you know, as nerds, we're going to try to figure out how to break stuff. So that's why I say some of these are kind of nerfs. Some of them, um, I like Anya. Oracle said Anya for the win. Uh, Anya one is a ton of fun. Uh, definitely very fragile, but she's fast and she kills stuff. It's fun. Definitely, definitely can be rough though. All right, not going to Bayou yet. Bayou is probably going to be the last one I talk about. Second to last one, maybe. Uh, Guild, no surprise here. Hoffman was getting touched. There's no way that Hoffman was going to survive this nerf, in my opinion. Uh, you were just seeing him too much and weird has said that, hey, when we see stuff brought over and over and over again over good stuff, it's probably going to get touched. And Hoffman, honestly, I don't think these are ridiculous. I think they're fair changes. Um, the construction claw only slams you, places you one inch from Hoffman now, which is still really good. Still a big, because he's a 50 mil base, he has a two inch reach, and it's one inch up, you know, from him, so you can slam him on the other side. So I still love that just for displacing models. Oh, uh, the model's original base. Sorry, reading's tough. I appreciate appreciate the patrons. Uh, yep, the target's current position. That's that's definitely different. Still good. Still a great attack, but definitely different from uh, taking you and slamming you on the other side of Hoffman. Which is funny because I played Cody in a tournament game. And he brought candy for that specific purpose. He was going to use candy to kidnap my Hoffman and claw himself over by candy. However, I brought little line coat, so we didn't fall for it. But <laughs> arc nodes don't provide shielding anymore. So you used to be able to start your activation within X distance. I think it was one or two. And you, when you activate it, you got a shield from the arc node. And also, you can't stack the ability from the arc nodes and the power converter ability anymore. So there was, I mean, activations where you were getting two power um, tokens. And that could really get ridiculous. It made it where you're getting positives on everything. Uh, you could pick the suits that you wanted. It was really good. Power spikes enemy only. I think that's the one where I'd have to look. I think that's the one where... It pulses out and you get power tokens, I think, if you're so close to them. Maybe not. I got to look that one up because I don't think that's right. Yeah, that's the one where you're within three, you get a power. So that's fine. Like I said, reasonable changes. And then the last one that was a good... Oh, sorry, not the last one. Um, alternating current now can only do a max of three damage. Um, and it's a projectile, so it's a gun. So that gets all the negatives that you would normally see. Like if somebody's in combat... So that's a big deal. So yeah, the fact that you can only take three now from that, really solid. 
And then security defense, the stat got reduced to five just to make it a little tougher on uh, Hoffman. Still very playable, still good. Uh, I I do like it, though, because I think you'll start seeing Hoffman 1 again. And Hoffman 1, if if you've been fighting against Hoffman 2, the inventor, I mean, great. I mean, it was a tough matchup. But Hoffman 1, giving out fast and all this other ridiculous – I don't know I said Hoffman, but I did. He's good. Hoffman 1 is ridiculous good. So I'm happy that hopefully we'll see him more. Actually, I'm not happy because I'll have to play against him. But I'm happy to see him on the board because he's solid. <laughs> that's a good point pylons giving so hoffman's pylons also give cover so now that we're looking at a gun right that's gonna help your opponent out more which is good i mean hoffman didn't have to worry about these things right these were just things where it's like oh well this is great he can ignore that this is irreducible for damage he's slamming me you know five inches into his crew and then i die um yeah it, it got pretty busted and Definitely good that they took a tweak to this and finally addressed the old inventor. Lady J2, the death touched. I actually like the changes on this a lot. Uh, I think one, it kind of makes it more fair, but it also makes, I think, Lady J a little more interesting. So they basically streamlined her a little bit. They took away her regeneration just because I think that was making it tough to kill her. Um, just, just to be honest. Uh, instead of having her Kytherian Sight, they gave her Beyond Time, so that's one where you can attack buried things. Consecrated Ground, friendly marshals can ignore friendly coffin markers when drawing line of sight. That was one of the problems you had with these coffin markers is they could really muddy up your line of sight and made it difficult to kind of make certain things happen. Here's where I was talking about the Guild Mage earlier, because the Guild Mage, remember, you discard next to the Guild Mage, then you get to heal somebody. Well, they went ahead and made it where when you do Marshall's Coffin, you got to discard a card instead of suffering one damage. And then you create a coffin in base contact with an enemy model. So now you discard a card. And yes, that puts hand pressure on. But then you know they're going to bring this stupid guild mage. So now not only are you discarding, but now you're healing a model. So you know, you go, okay, I'm going to discard. I'm going to put a coffin marker there because that's what this crew does. And then I'm going to heal this model over here. I discarded a 10. So I'm going to heal the model. I think it's one, two, three for the, for the guild mage. I could be wrong there, but it's something similar to that. So once again, we have a crew that the guild mage just is good into. So hooray guild mage, hooray guild. <laughs> I think they're just trying to, trying to um, sell as many of those, uh, those other side starter boxes that they can uh, also and this can be patrons this could also be somebody that's just listening uh, if you want a guild mage i mean how many come in that box three i have three of them if i play guild i'm only ever using one of them if you need a guild mage hit me up i'm, I'm just saying i don't mind i'll send it out to you you don't have to pay me nothing um maybe if you're international i got paid 20 like for uh shipping Maybe you can hit me up with the shipping cover, but uh, besides that, I'll just send you the model. I don't need it. There's three, there's like, I'm pretty sure three of them in that box. Lady J, honestly, this isn't even really a nerf for Lady J. This was like a rework because I'm actually going to pull up her card because it's easier for me to kind of look at what her card does with these changes. Uh, so they took a positive away from her gun, which is fine. It It's just fine. 
What they did though, is they made burial rights a once per turn action. So that was the one where basically, or sorry, not burial rights was different. They did make it where burial rights now can be a bonus and it is once per turn. That's the one that pulses out focus. Uh, the thing that they also made a bonus is the shockwave. They made it where that's the one where it's a shockwave. If you're a uh, friendly death marshal, you heal too. And they added surge to it. So you can draw a card off it now too, which is great because you're discarding cards. And I think they did that because there were times where you played Lady J, you could just spam equilibrium and you were just healing models six. So that was great. And I think now I do know with the, I think the errata, you can choose to fail shockwaves now, even if it's not on your card. So that's fantastic. Cause there's a ton of thing and it, it speeds up the game. That's the kind of stuff when I was talking about fixing Malifaux, I was like, this is the stuff they need to like streamline. And that was a beautiful one to decide like, Hey, if you want to fail, you know, these simple duels, you can just choose to do so. Perfect. Beautiful choice. Weird. Good job. They made some diff. I mean, Ashwood Coffin, they made it where you can do it again if it fails, which is great. Basically, Lady J just feels good. It just, it's different. It's, it plays a little more fair. I think they changed one thing where if you unbury, it has to be within three inches. I think that's the Ashwood Coffin. Basically, what they do is you have to unbury, I think, within three of Lady J. Yep, there it is. So unburies models into base contact with a friendly marshal or coffin marker within three of Lady Justice. Before, it was like, it was a lot bigger. I think it was within six. And that really allowed for some abusive situations. And yeah, it it, it made it almost not, I shouldn't say almost not fun. If you played against a good uh, Death Touch player, it was not fun to play against. So just kind of keep that in mind. I'll go down to just so people can view that real quick. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she she seems like she's still going to be fun to play. I have no problem with Lady J, the way they kind of, this one wasn't a nerf. It was kind of just fixing some of the stuff that felt bad and then cleaning it up and making it. I think this is going to play better, like not busted, but play fair and just feels good. It's still solid nothing wrong with it made equilibrium stat seven that's pretty good so i'm a fan of that that kind of has me really interested in guild for sure okay resurrectionists i'm okay with resurrectionists always getting nerfed i'm not even gonna lie i don't like them don't like what they stand for and karai can you know die in a fire so karai was karai was busted especially in a lot of matchups Basically, if you got in a bad situation with Karai 2, all of a sudden you'd get all these little stone things, low stone minions being summoned. And basically how they got summoned is if one of her models went through you, they had to pass, I think it was a move duel. And if they fail it, you get to bring in a model of four stones or less, I believe. And then that model can activate. And one of them had chain gang. So it would chain gang models through other models. And if you played something, I think there was one time I was playing Parker 2 and I had rats on the board. The rats failed duels. It wasn't good. <laughs> I think there was one turn where he got like five minions summoned in a turn or something like that. Pretty ridiculous. Um, it has to be within, when you do that now, when you summon those little minions, they have to be with an Ada Cry. Sundering has max increased damage by plus two. And that's fine. Most of it was the join us. And the uh, chain spirit changes. 
So I think that was the one that needed to be addressed, really, honestly. Then Jan Lowe, Jan Lowe got fixed a little bit. I mean, does that really matter, though? I mean, okay. So Oracle said you also need a suit to get um, a Curio back. And I get it that you need the suit. To me, like on a master, that's not that huge of a deal. You can always stone it. I guess that puts a stone on it. Uh, usually it's a stupid low number they need anyways. So I get it. Suit something. It's something. It, it makes them at least work for it a little bit, right? But Jan Lowe also got touched, and which I am definitely okay with. Uh, they got rid of Hole in the World trigger, which, my goodness, I'm so happy they got rid of that on his... Uh, on his weapon. They also, the things that I was happy they changed, they got rid of the auto tome built into lingering voices. They reduced a couple stats. The main thing that I think I was happiest to see is that they made a change to weary road and they replaced it with choose a path and they made it basically, they made it where it was a little harder for him to draw cards. Right? So, I mean, I'm okay with these changes. I don't think they totally nerf Yon low, but they bring him probably where he needed to be just because it was so ridiculous. Uh, they kind of also changed the place, I think, a little bit. Now the model has to place within one of... So remember, when a minion of Yonlo is moved that he was attached to, because remember, it was like a Yonlo balloon. So you go, okay, this uh, little dog is carrying around Yonlo, and the little dog moves. When the dog's done moving... Yanlo place, and I forget what that place used to be. It was more than one, I, I believe. But now it's it's one inch. So they have to be within one inch of that dog. So just kind of really kind of reined in some of the ranges, some of the stats that he had, uh, just to just to bring him back in line. So I was happy to see that change as well. Because Yanlo's good. And I think he still is. Gonna play a little different, but still good. Neverborn came out of this okay. So basically Pandora made it where you can't put, main thing is you can't put uh, adversary on her. So what they were doing is they were bringing the wicked dolls and they would put adversary on to Pandora, which made it impossible to kill her because she has luck thief. So any positives turned to negatives and hooray. So they fixed that. They tweaked a couple other things. Like the aura for no shelter here is from three to two, which is fine. Uh, on certain models, a three-inch aura around it, pretty big. Basically, that's the one that makes it hazardous terrain for your enemy, for your opponent, I should say. I think I'm fine with that. She she barely got touched, and she still kind of does the thing that you want her to do, I feel. I'm not a perfect Pandora 2 player. I've only seen her on the board a few times, but I think all these are reasonable. Very few changes. Let's get into the last two that <laughs> I'm going to have the most to say, and that's with you now cast because like i said those are the two that i mostly focus on because those are the two that i play so with bayou i was not happy to see kin again in an errata first off until british nationals but keep in mind this errata was probably pretty finalized by the time british nationals happened so when you look at major events or even local events was Ophelia winning tournaments? Was Kin winning tournaments? No, she was. I'm sorry, she wasn't. Ophelia would win some games. You could be a great Ophelia player. 
but very few times did you see Ophelia just wrecking people. I'm sorry, you just didn't see it. Now, if you're a good player, like I get it, Radic won UK Nationals with pretty much running Ophelia overloaded. Okay, good players are going to win. That's that's that, right? But let's look at what they decide. So I I saw this and I was like, oh, they're what are they doing to Kin now? I was sitting there like, what could they possibly do to Kin now? They neutered our big hitter. They toned down our sniper. What could they possibly do now? So I start looking at this. So now hold these for me. This is where basically you get to put the upgrades onto your minions and other kin models, right? So when you put them on your models, you don't get the bigger you are rule. They are a rule anymore. So that's the rule where if you're bigger than size one, they get plus one stat to whatever weapon they're shooting or hitting you with. So essentially the stats on all the upgrades are stat six. So that made all these guns stat seven. And I get, see, the problem is when you look at these, yes, stat seven's good, but when you look at the upgrade weapons, they're not going to, they're more situational than they are like damage. You're not going to see, you know, a six, seven damage hit with these upgrades. Most of them are either getting rid of markers, putting down uh, dangerous terrain, you know, lots of different things like that. They're more situational than they are putting, putting out injured. That's, that's a good one. So, but they're not usually doing a ton of damage. And I get injured's good. I get putting out the stuff is good. But why was that breaking the game? Has somebody, did somebody play against Ophelia Overloaded and just say, why are these all stat seven? My whole crew's dead. It's like, that wasn't happening with Ophelia Overloaded, I feel. And if it was, a really good player was playing it somebody who's really good with Ophelia maybe. But to me, I was just like, man, these crappy little gremlins with a stat seven with these kind of okay upgrades isn't doing like a lot of harm to you. Maybe they're, they're more reliable. So they're able to maybe deny you stuff. Maybe they're able to put out injured more consistent. And then maybe people like Raphael and um, Sammy, maybe they're doing more things to you. I can see that. So I, I get it. I just, it didn't seem like an over-the-top ability to me, but okay. If that was it, I'd be okay. In a world where focus happens a lot. So I feel like when you bring models in a crew, models that can provide focus are really good. Models that can draw cards are really good. Out of activation movement can be pretty good. And they took that away from Kin. <laughs> so no longer does give me that back. So that was the thing where you drop your upgrade. You could essentially get a focus. I think you had to discard a card when you did it. Maybe don't quote me on that. I'm not the best Ophelia player, but generally speaking, you drop the upgrade, you get a focus. Uh, doesn't happen anymore. Now you're sitting there. You're not like, what, what am I doing? What's the benefit of putting these upgrades on the gremlins now? Right. And I, I, I was talking to Jesse from Boring Conversation on this, and he was talking about how there was a lot of masters and a lot of models that pulse out a lot of focus. We just looked at Lady J with the coffin. She could put a coffin down, and if you're within an inch of it, you know, you, you get a focus. That's something where it's like, 
if you, if that is a problem in the game and you're like giving out focus too easy is a problem, let's get rid of it for Ophelia. Then why did you not get rid of it for Lady J? Why is it still on Maw Tucket? Why is it still on all these other models that are pulsing out a crap ton of focus? But apparently Ophelia is the one master that you're like, that's too far. It's too far. No more. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's like, why that gremlin? Yeah. And this crew, so Kin is good. But like I said, some of the payoffs, and that's the thing. When you play Overloaded, I think you notice the damage. So Ophelia 1, you still have a crap ton of damage, which I love Ophelia 1. Ophelia 2 is more of your situational scoring points and kind of setting up, stunning people, moving people. And I like her. So you take away Ophelia 1, who's putting the damage out because now you're bringing Overloaded. Overloaded is your support one, but now you're making it where she's not as good at supporting your kin models. So now your heavy hitting is coming from Raphael and your heavy hitting is coming from probably Rami. And those are kind of your two heavy hitters. So, yeah, I think that's a great point. As soon as I saw this, Oracle brought up a really good point in the chat here. Said it's a conspiracy to keep Perdita over Ophelia. I think Perdita was a way bigger problem than Ophelia. But for some reason, Ophelia gets nerfed again. And family isn't a super broken keyword. That title is, right? So that Perdita title, the Nephilim Hunter, whatever she's called, that's the problem. Yet they keep punching kin right in the balls and keyword that they are reflected as that is better than kin didn't get touched ridiculous i think that's egregious and i won't stand for it i won't stand for it i think weird weird messed up on that one the fact that family didn't get touched that stupid guild mage didn't get cut didn't get touched but Kins got punched in the nuts again. Ridiculous. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. But no, that's not it. So not only did they take that away from Ophelia with you don't get focus. Not only did they say you don't get the plus one with your minions now and your other models now. They also increased the TN. Actually, I don't even think it was an increase. I don't think there was a TN for the bonus action rating operations. That's the one where you can heal. You can summon a... One of your totems back, uh, you can draw cards. And I think the other ones, you can drop a scheme. They adjusted it to be a 12-inch range, stat six. Uh, so it's still three kin models. Okay, so it is stat six going in. You need a target eight, but it's plus two for each additional model that you take. So that would be 10, 12. So you're going to want three usually. So uh, what's that, 12? So you need a six for this to go off which isn't a lot, but that's just, that can be some hand pressure once again, because maybe you flip a one, you got a cheetah six in, it just sucks. But anyways, okay, so we put a stat on there. That's fine. That's fine. I guess that's fine. Uh, yeah, the range being 12 inches kind of sucks now. Whatever. It's like all three of those changes can, you know, suck it. Just suck it. <laughs> We're okay, right? That was the only... Uh, that was only Bayou nerf, right? Only Bayou? Okay. No, it wasn't. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. Okay, I'm not too mad. I'm not too mad about this, right? Moonshiner did get dealt with. Now, I don't think non-Bayou players liked playing against Brewmaster or Moonshiner at all. 
He was very, he was a controlling positional master. There were some ways you could get around it. Obviously, if you had things like planted roots or uh, other laugh off, things like that, you could get around it. But it was painful, right? Because then you had the pinging, so they could just move, reduce the poison by one, and then you take damage. It's a different world, different world by you were living in. So they changed Barroom Brawl. So if you read the way that it is, and I actually reread this and I was like, oh, that sucks. They, uh, so now it is after this model moves itself or another model, it may reduce the poison condition of the moved model by one to have an enemy model in base contact with the moved model suffer one damage. Each enemy model can only suffer one damage this way per activation or start phase, which that's that last part, just once per activation or phase, that was how it was. However, some changes here. So after this model moves itself or another model, that means Brewmaster has to be the reason the model moves. So that has to be from things like a tipsy slide, or it can be from the another round. Uh, it can be from, uh, what is, I think there, there might be one or two other ways that you can move a model during his activation or that he causes somebody to do it. The problem is it makes it where you're not going to be able to burn down. It's a, so, and I get it because it was a bad play experience because you would do this. You had the monks with the upgrades. They would just bounce around and they would ping stuff down and kill it uh, without any interaction. So I get it. But they also reduced it because before it used to be you were within an inch. You could reduce it to do a damage. But now notice that it says in base contact with the moved model, suffer one damage. So I get it. It's just like, what what are we doing? It's like, this is this was cool. And you're taking my coolness away with the brewmaster. So that wasn't it, right? Now they also fixed tipsy slide. So during start, so by the way, barroom brawl, that makes it where you're probably not going to bring monks all the time. Or if you do, you're building them up to punch things as opposed to just bounce around, which saves you some points on 12 cups of coffee, which is fine, I guess. Uh, but anyways, tipsy slide. So during the start phase, that's where you can move to what your poison condition is. And it's only up to three models now. Okay. Three models, cool. So three models can move and equal to half the value of their poison. Now, I know that sounds bad, but let's be honest, you're going to have 10 poison on most of your models. Not that big of a deal. So that one, I'd say the biggest part of that nerf that's a problem is that you only get to pick three models now. So great. Okay. Is that it? Is that all I have to worry about? No, they keep, they keep dicking with it. Here we go. So they did that and it's up to a max of five inches. That was something that was clarified earlier um, in another rata. They also nerfed another round. So if you fail to resist this uh, shockwave, you can move them up to three inches. Models can only be pushed this way once per turn. That sucks because it used to be you moved them how much they would take from their poison. So that could really get you some good like five inch pushes just in random directions. Uh, remember, you can auto choose to fail these um, as per the other part of the rata. That one doesn't suck as much as the other two. Um, but 
I, I will agree with the open the gourd change. They do basically, this is until the end phase. So before open the gourd is the thing that puts out the hazardous poison aura. And basically for some reason, it stayed until the brewmaster's uh, next activation. So it could be like a whole two turns that that was in play. But now it's until the end phase, like it probably should be. Uh, I just think that's congruent to what you see in most things. So Moonshiner. Now I understand that they changed Barroom Brawl, or not Barroom Brawl, Tipsy Slide, because it would be at the end of the activation, you would have people on objectives or areas, zones, and then he would just push them and they wouldn't be able to score. He was a control denial area master, which I thought was really cool. He doesn't do that anymore because now you can score your points, which is good for your opponent. And then you, what, move them to set up for you to kill them or something next? I, I don't know. It's it's okay to reposition them. It's just not powerful anymore. I, I shouldn't say it's not powerful. It's not, you're not able to control the board as much now because Tipsy Slide is now at the start phase and you can only choose three models and you uh, made it harder to ping people with damage. So it's it's just not as good. It doesn't, this is an example of they kind of, this isn't, so Brewmaster Moonshiner is a nerf. Some of the other ones like uh, Voice, in, Voice of Many was a nerf. Obviously Hoffman was a nerf. But like Lady J, I feel like that was just cleaning it up. Even Maxine, a little bit of nerf, but also kind of cleaning it up. Uh, even Ophelia, I can feel okay about. Like, I don't like that Kin got nerfed again, but I guess I can understand why they did it because it was maybe a little too good. Brewmaster just got nerfed. Like, I if I'm playing Bayou, honestly, I look at this as like, well... I'm going to put, unless you like Brewmaster, you can still win with this. And there's still a lot of cool things you can do with it. Uh, you can do probably more schemey stuff with it and not just bring, you know, the list that I used to bring where it's like, yeah, let's just bring these monks in there and just thrash people and bleed them down with poison ping damage. That's just not kind of what you're going to be do doing with Moonshiner anymore. So if I was playing Bayou still, which I do, I, I wouldn't play Moonshiner, um, just me personally. I'm not a huge Brewy fan. I would play Ophelia before Brewmaster. And the changes that they once again made to Ophelia has me pissed off where it's like, well, I don't even know why I'm playing Ophelia anymore. Like she's still good, but why would I play Overloaded? I, I, in my eyes, I would just bring Ophelia one and just straight up murder stuff as opposed to playing a less good Overloaded, especially not getting focus anymore. Definitely sucks. Makes me want to play. Like I'd, I'd rather play Wong now instead of Ophelia, which I'm excited because I know a couple guys who are playing Wong and doing some pretty cool things with them. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. All right, then we got the last one, Outcast. Actually, I tell you what, honestly, this is the change that I'm most excited about. I know some people might not know what I'm talking about with the Outcast, but you should. So Outcast had one, one change, right? So Outcast now, 33, which if you weren't aware, 33 was kind of the boogeyman, especially with Terra 2, where you could do a kidnap and you could kill models while they were buried and not much you could do about it. They got rid of Pine Box on 33. So Pine Box was the one where you basically could bury a model. It was targeted against size. 
it was super good, right? So they got rid of that. They basically replaced it with a turn torn into the void trigger. So what this is, is basically it's a two, three, five damage against willpower stat six, which is good. Uh, if this model's final dual total is at least three more uh, than the targets, it may place itself or the target anywhere within one inch of its current location. It does have a glimpse of the void trigger, which is the very um, target number. Uh, slam the coffin. You can create a height two blocking uh, coffin marker, which is cool because you couldn't do that before. So this allows you to bring a coffin marker into Terra, which, okay, cool. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a solid attack. But I think the thing I'm more interested in is this makes the Lost Peacemaker a lot more interesting of an attack to me because not only is it a stat six gun that does two, three, five damage, but also you can ignore obviously hard to kill, hard to wound and demise abilities, but also that hole in the world trigger is super good. So to me, this makes 33 more interesting. Also, you can't basically draw up your black jokers anymore. Uh, with the backtrack bonus, or sorry, backtrack trigger for the year and a minute bonus, which I think is fine. Uh, I think that was unfair. Just to be like, up oh, there's a black Joker. Let's go ahead and boop, 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 put that in my hand. Yeah, this just makes 33. He's 33. She's still good, still great model in both both keywords in Marshall and Obliteration. 33 is still really good. The thing that's awesome now is because you got rid of the kidnap strategy and because you got rid of, you know, some of this black joker nonsense, you know, never being live and in play, this makes 33 a really good model, but it also makes it for me where I'm like, holy crap, I can play Terra 2 now. So now that that kidnap strategy is not a thing anymore, it makes it where I'm just like, yes, let's go ahead and bring out Terra 2. Let's do some cool positioning stuff. Uh, you know, still definitely can be annoying for your opponent because of all the burying, unburying, and things like that. But it makes it where it's not just an auto, I hate you. You just kidnapped my master and killed my master or killed my henchman or killed my tech pieces. It just, it makes it fair and still interesting. So I was really happy with the changes they made to 33. Simple, took care of the problems, left the rest of it. It's a beautiful thing. So that's actually Loki. The most exciting thing for me as a player is seeing 33 get fixed in an easy way where now I can play because before I was, I didn't, I did not plan on buying that box with 33 and Terra until that. I actually, I, in my head, I'm, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to buy that box. Then they made this, as soon as I saw this card get fixed, I ordered that box. I was like, I'm getting that box now. I can play Terra because I actually, Terra 1 is good. I think Terra 2 is more of my style. So I see myself, I got to get games with it, but I see myself playing Terra 2 more than Terra 1. I just like the idea of some of the manipulation you have, kind of just being more in the mix of it. Yeah, I'm interested to try it out. I might be wrong. I might end up just playing Terra 1 instead, but... Terra 2 has some legs, I think. And I'm not going to... The reason why I think you weren't seeing Terra 2 being played, one, because the box wasn't out, but two, people weren't proxying it, I feel, because they didn't want to be the dickhead that played this strategy and you know made people want to punch him in the face. I think we were talking about that in the Discord 
last week we were talking about not bringing stuff or playing a certain way, especially when we know it's newer players because you don't want to be the negative play experience all the time. You want people to have fun. You want to feel like they're playing and they're doing stuff in the game. And Terra can be, especially Terra 2, was one of those crews that it's like you could just, I made, Chris, I made quit easy three games when I was playing Terra 2 because I each time I got turn one, he wasn't set up very well. The first time stole, I can't remember what I stole. It was a pretty important piece and then killed it. And then the next game, as soon as I stole a model, he quit because he was like, I don't want to do this. It's like, it's so unfun. And it it was, I just had to see it. And I'm like, yeah, I can understand that, man. It, it does suck. But now I'm happy I can play it. When I look at this errata and when I look at any errata, right, I was talking about as a player, when you look at erratas, you have to kind of think about them a few different ways. So when I look at it as a tournament player, as somebody who plays the factions that I do, I play outcasts. Bayou and Guild. And then, like I said, going to tournament. So you, when you view an errata, you have to look at, okay, first off, how was my stuff impacted? So the models that I like to play, is there a change? So I went into this looking at it and I was like, oh, I play Kin, well, balls. My title got touched a little bit. So that was a negative for me because I was playing overloaded a little bit more than the original. So that's a change that I wasn't happy with. It made it where if I was going to play Kin now, I would probably do the original. I, I don't know if I would play Overloaded anymore. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I know a lot of good Bayou players who are still going to try it out. So we'll see. Uh, as a Bayou player, I only played Brewmaster 2. I did not play Brewmaster 1. I don't like Brewmaster 1. Honestly, Brewmaster 1 I like. I don't like the way his crew plays with him. So I just wish the crew interacted better with Brewmaster 1. So I wouldn't play Brewmaster 1. And now, honestly, I wouldn't play Brewmaster 2. So that's kind of two bad strikes for Bayou. Guild, I'm actually, when I saw Lady J's changes, it made me interested in Guild. Uh, thinking about playing them, moving from this forward from the Serata. I was like, okay, she plays pretty cool. Looking at Lady J, I was like, okay, I could see myself playing that. She seems a little more interesting, not necessarily as busted. Hoffman's still okay. I could play Hoffman 1 now, actually. Uh, so I thought about playing Guild. And then I started looking at Outcasts, and I was like, huh, Outcasts, yet again, are not being that banged up by these erratas. Uh, it seems like Levy's the only one that gets beat up by erratas, right? So I started thinking about Outcast. I was like, okay, so this makes it where I could play Terra 2, which I like. Uh, I I love playing Dead Man Walking. I love playing Von Schill 2. I like playing the Vix 2. And I just started thinking about it. I'm just like, huh. And I like the power level of Outcast. So don't get me wrong. Like I said, I like Bayou. But every time I play Bayou, I run into a lot of, you know, models die sometimes out of nowhere. Whereas when I play Outcasts, a lot of times, you know, things don't get one-shotted very often. Uh, they have some cool mechanics. Like Dead Man Walking is just fun. Uh, Von Schill is always fun. And then now I can try out Terra 2, which I think I can do some pretty cool um, shenanigans there. Like I was playing uh, Von Schill 2 today, 
And just Eric was able, and I didn't even bring a Draken troop because, you know, it was just kind of a refresher game. I didn't want to, you know, be that big of a dick to Jim and his uh, scrap markers he was putting out. But I had Eric set up in a way where for most of the game, he Jim wasn't able to put ride the rails and place any of his models near mine. So it really allowed me to control the middle of the board and just really kind of hold that down. And just cool tech tech selections like that really make Outcast very appealing to me. Um, obviously, Levy is also another keyword that I want to give a try, especially the Horsemen. I have the cool puppet apocalypse models that I want to use. So I started looking at Outcast. I'm like, oh, man, should I just go back to Outcast and play them for a bit? Because I started looking at if I'm going to be competitive with Bayou, I don't know if I can do that with Kin now. Because overloaded was the way I was going to go with Kin. And losing the focus and losing the stat seven on the upgrades kind of hurt. Brewmaster was kind of the control because I don't play as Rida. So Brewmaster was kind of my control piece, right? That was the one I was using to control zones and stuff. And I'm not going to play as Rida. I don't like her being the obey witch that she is. So I was like, okay, so I'm not, I don't have a control master anymore then. Uh, I can just, I don't know if I can make kin work competitively. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to be competitive, I'm going to have zip because zip's just good. I'm going to have maw. And I guess I could try to make Wong or pigs work. So basically it would come down to Maw and Zip. <laughs> I could try, Wong has some playability. There's some unforgiving things about Wong. Because remember, Whizbang, you're always damaging yourself to get fast and it's a it, you're juggling, right? And then pigs can be good. They are a little dependent on your card flips sometimes and they do die, right? Bacon all over the place. So. I just started looking at outcasts and looking at outcasts, I was just like, okay, so if I'm going to be competitive with outcasts, I'm going to pull up this list real quick. So one, I can still play zip and granted it's not as good as in Bayou because 12 cups coffee and just makes zip amazing, but it's still really good in outcasts. So I was like, I can still do zip. Perfect. Okay, if I do outcasts, I then have Levy. So Levy's kind of my fun master, but he's still really solid. Uh, Dead Man Walking has a lot of things going on there that I think really can cause a bunch of problems for people in a game. A lot of scoring, a lot of playability. So I always love Dead Man Walking. I was like, now with this nerf, I can not nerf, but this change with 233, I can play Terra Timeless. I can play the Twin Blades. And then, of course, I got Von Schill. Von Schill's probably, besides Zip, Von Schill is the master that I have the most games with. So just, I think that that just, if I was to play Zip and Von Schill alone, I think that would make me more competitive than Maw and Zip. Um, Maw draws more cards, but her keyword tends to go down sometimes because those bushwhackers, man, if you get a hold of them, they go splat. So... I think moving forward, not that I'm not going to play Bayou because obviously I got to break out the green skins every now and then, but especially with Wong, I want to get some games with Wong. But 
I think moving forward, it's like outcasts are in a really good spot. There's a lot of cool things going on. And I didn't even say the master that I've actually been running a little bit too is Barbaros and Barbaros is getting some cool, uh, Nephilim models for, uh, for, our, uh, what's that? The Malifaux, uh, madness book or whatever. That's going to be interesting because some of the things we talked about in the last episode, uh, with Broodmother, a lot of those new models are going to have a lot of cool things to do with, uh, with Barbaros as well. So definitely excited for that. That's the way I approach in a red. I go, okay, here's what I play. Here's what I like playing. If I'm going to be competitive, cause I do like to be competitive. There's some tournaments where I'm like, F it. I'm going to play what I want or I'm going to have fun. And then other tournaments, I'm like, I want to try my best. I want to play solid masters and I want to do, do well. And say what you want about Outcasts, but besides Levy, Outcast is pretty untouched by nerfs lately. Uh, just looking at Masters, Terra had a couple models get touched, you know, very early on. So we're talking about Aonis, right? Uh, and obviously the big robot, uh, Talos, he got buffed. So Terra, even though she got a pseudo nerf, still in a really good spot where you could play like if you like Terra, you could just you could make people hate you <laughs> because Terra's good uh i i'm not a huge fan of parker let's see here sorry i'm going through things that got nerfed so in outcast really besides Terra and a couple pieces levy is the only one that's been nerfed a bunch in outcast right so levy himself got nerfed and Rusty Alice got nerfed. And Mad Dog, I think, got changed a little bit too. And First Nate. So there's a handful, but recently, not a lot in Outcast. So I think that says a lot for Outcast to really take its place for a minute. Um, obviously, I think Guild's still in a really good position. I was actually kind of, 50, I wouldn't say 50 50. I was probably about, I was 60% thinking about playing Outcast probably 30% thinking about playing Bayou and then another 10%. I was like, or this is, so when you're making decisions in your head, right? That, that guild, it was like a guild thought. It was like a 10% thought, like, or I could just say F it and just play guild. Right. I mean, the tournament that I did win, which is the only Malifaux tournament I've won up to this point, big or small, uh, I was playing guild. Right. I did think about that. I was like, or random thought play guild. And I didn't do it because uh, I do like Outcast a lot. I really don't have to paint a lot in Outcast. I have most of it painted. And um, just really solid, really solid keywords. Really flexible, really strong. Um, I don't think busted. I don't think busted any of it. If there's anything I think that might deserve nerfing, I don't, I don't actually, I don't even see anything that maybe deserves it. Maybe Von Schill's key. Like, I don't, I don't even know how you do that with Von Schill, though. That's what I'm saying. I think I think outcasts are just in a good balanced spot, but they're solid, right? They have a lot of masters that can do a lot of different things, and they're pretty strong at what they do. Definitely excited about that. Uh, let's see here. Oracle Toronto. One interesting point with this errata. A model is always in base contact with itself, so you can always get the one point of damage for moving it. Yeah, and... Okay, for Brewmaster. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, and I know, I think they clarified that too for things like uh, like Dangerous Terrain, like Auras. 
That way, like for the whiskey golem, like if you put the poison or around him, then you would always get the point of uh, poison ticked up, ticked up, ticked up because you're in the aura, essentially, even though it's pulsing out from you. Yeah, I, I think as far as nerf and fixing comes out from this, uh, I think the one that got actually you want to know, what? I think the one that got hit the hardest from this is Rezzers again, which I mean, say what you want. Rezzers deserve it. <laughs> they might not deserve it. I might be wrong there. But I think Rezzers got hit the hardest. Not like to the point of unplayable, but they had some good stuff get taken away. Uh, I think Explorers probably got hit the next hardest. I think that the changes to Maxine and Next Kids might be rough. Hopefully people can still figure out how to make those work. And then Bayou obviously got hit pretty hard, so they come up third. And... I'd say the rest of it is pretty pretty even between balance and just fixing random things. But those are the three that got hit the worst, I think, is Bayou Resers and uh and Explorers are the ones that got hit hit the worst. Uh, I'm kinda glad they left uh Ten Thunders alone. I feel like Ten Thunders been getting some uh some nerfs here. Uh, so I think when you look at this, so once again as a tournament player. Look at how your stuff has changed. So we went through that and I explained why I was pissy about the stuff that I play. Except for 33, I'm actually pretty happy about that change. Then you want to go ahead and look at, okay, the stuff that's bringing brought the most, how has this changed? And it, is it going to change it where I'm going to see it less? So I think with the changes of Hoffman, uh, you are going to see Hoffman probably less. You might see Hoffman 1. So don't be surprised if you start seeing that more. And Hoffman 1's good. So don't be like, oh, good, they're bringing Hoffman 1, this is easy. No, Hoffman 1 is good. I think you are going to see less of Next Kids. I don't know if the changes will make you see less of Maxine. Maxine 2, I think it might. Maybe you'll see Maxine 1 more, which I know people like Andre were playing Maxine 1 pretty well. That's fine. You'll still see Mayfang 2, the foreman. She's still good. Lady J... I actually, with these changes, you might see Lady J more just because I think she plays a little more interesting now. Uh, as far as the Bayou, you'll still probably see Ophelia a little bit. She's still good. Just, just know it's not as bad as it would have been. I'd be more worried about Ophelia 1 just killing you. Uh, she Ophelia 2 does still put out stuns, so be on the lookout for that. Brewmaster Moonshiner. Me personally, if I see a Bayou player, I'm not going to expect Moonshiner. I'm not. I'm sorry. I know I know a lot of you. I'm going to move that a little bit. I know a lot of you like the Moonshiner, and I'm just like, sorry. I just don't think you're going to see him as much anymore. I think if I'm a Bayou player, which I am, this makes it where I'm not even thinking about Moonshiner anymore. This eliminates my pool of masters. So just so you know, my pool of masters was always Moonshiner. If so, let's go to competitive. Competitive, it was Moonshiner, Ophelia, Zip, and Maw. Those were the four that I was competitive with. So now you take care of Ophelia and Brewmaster. Maybe Ophelia. I don't think, I think if you're a control person, you just play Zoraida now. You can play Zoraida one or two, and that's fine. Oh, let's see our guild. We already went through that, went through Lady J. Rezzers. You'll probably still see Karai. She's still good. I just not as busted. 
Uh, Jan Lowe, I think you'll probably still see. He still does things. He's still good. Um, I'm just not as scared of him anymore. I feel like it's manageable. But still, ignoring armor is always good. Obeys are always good. Um, yeah, just it's good. He still draws cards. I'm not as scared as, of Pandora anymore. Pandora is still good. Pandora Tyrant Torn. Um, but I'm not as scared that that not having a uh, not having adversary put on her really fixes some of the feel bads about that. Uh, still could be an uphill battle, but you know, really excited about 33. I think that you can see you'll. I can guarantee you'll see more Terra too. The box just came out, and 33 isn't a big negative play experience. So I think you'll just see that more. Looking at that, I think I can safely say I'm playing Outcast for a bit. It's it's a faction that I was getting a lot of games with before I switched to Bayou for the Houston GT. It plays really well, really solid, lots of fun keywords. I'm I got I already got them switched out in the bag. I'm not even gonna act like that. You know, I'm still pondering about it. Uh I'm playing Outcast for a bit. You know, I I am unfortunately not going to be able to go to captain con this year just because of uh family obligations we'll call it but the next tournaments that i do go to whether it's regional or national uh probably playing outcast i i played a vassal game today with uh with jim like i said started getting the dust off of the outcast models so uh played some von shill and i'm so there is something to be said for your henchman punching a model for eight or nine damage and just watching it evaporate in a red mist. <laughs> Whereas, um, you know, in Bayou, I think the only time you really can get that to happen is with your master. If you're playing like Maw and you spike, but, uh, yeah, just Eric, Hannah, just punching people for like eight, nine damage never gets old. Never. Uh, Von Schill 2 chucking equipment over to people, uh, Trunky just trunking along, engineers, tools for the job, just it all felt good. So, and rocket launchers and rocket boots, who doesn't love that? So, super excited to play it. Uh, I'm going to kind of just chit chat here a little bit. If the patrons have any questions, I'll answer them before I wrap this up. I started looking at, so while the patrons maybe be typing a random question or not, I'll answer them. But before we get any of those, if we do, I am a little sad because I think anglers will be competitive in Bayou and I'm not going to play them for a while, but who knows when we'll get those models? Like who knows when weird's going to finally release models besides Damien. Sad. I'm not going to be able to play angler for a while, which is fine. Even though I do love like anti-mel and a lot of those other things going on in that keyword. Uh, I actually think that as far as good tech, um, good abilities and good actions that we haven't had available in the Bayou, I think that Anglers provides a lot of good stuff like that. So I am excited to see what people are doing with that. I even had, uh, I think it was James even sent me a message like, hey, I'm, I'm going to mess with this Angler stuff. I was like, yeah, go get it. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much to talk about. I'm excited for the new stuff coming out. Uh, it, it will make things a little more complicated, but I'm also excited to get to some more events. I might even have to fly out to like Texas sometime and get a game in at Texas. Cause you know, they, they have a tournament like every 
every month in Texas, you can go to pretty much this triad of cities and, and play in a tournament in uh, Texas. So I'm going to have to find out when the next bigger Texas tournament is going to be and just fly out for it, I think. So that'll be fun because then I can get some good games with my outcast because I will tell you what, there are good players in each region, but the Texas meta, definitely a little bit of a shark tank. And it's in a good way. Like it's not, you're not going to play against a lot of controlly kind of dudes. Like I think up in the Northeast, you'll play good players that are kind of cagey players, right? Meaning that they'll, they're not going to give you a lot, but if you make a mistake, they can capitalize on it really well. Whereas in Texas, they're going to set up a combo or they're going to set up, you know, something that's kind of buffed up and then they're going to punch you in the face and kill you. So <laughs> it's, it's a fun meta. It's definitely a shark tank though, because they are, they're out for blood and they're solid players. So, you know, you're not going to surprise too many people out there. And then they have some good like mid table and new players that are just fun to play against. Like I, I really, I don't want to say this for sure, but I think half my listeners come from Texas. So like if we get 500 listens an episode, I think 250 of those are from Texas. <laughs> so I appreciate the Texas meta. Also get a lot of love the European guys too. And gals um, get a lot of listens over there too. So I appreciate y'all, especially since I know sometimes I release or record at weird times and it's like super late for all those European folks who listen to us. Uh, so I definitely appreciate uh, appreciate them supporting the cast. I always appreciate them. Appreciate everybody. Wouldn't be able to do that. And I tell you what, I wouldn't want to. If you if y'all were pricks, I wouldn't want to do this anyways. I, I think anybody who knows. So a little bit behind the curtain before I wrap this up. So I I have been. There has been a lot of personal stuff going on in the background. And you know you might not notice that, but if you've been a listener of the podcast for more than a year. You'll know that traditionally I put out three to four episodes a month that has dropped down to probably two to three. And I, you can blame it on the holidays, but it's also personal stuff. And um, I just appreciate everybody supporting because like I said, if y'all were a bunch of pricks, I'd be like, you know what? Cancel this podcast, cancel this shit. Y'all can, you know, listen to another podcast, which some of you have done anyways, but because I love the feedback I get. I love talking with people in the community and I love Malifaux and I love gaming in general. Um, might have some other games popping up down the road as well. Other gaming systems that we talk about, but right now it's definitely Malifaux centric just because it's the most interesting game out there. Uh, even though it does have, as I've said, some things that I would consider that need to be worked on or fixed or resolved in some way or fashion. I do think it's the most interesting game out there. Uh, so that's why I like it. And that's why I pl it's the game I play the most. So I appreciate you all. I do wish you all a Merry Christmas. I hope that everybody has a great new year. And I think until next time, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we will see you later.